Yeah, it's a little weird. Dynasty Football Network presents Super Flexible Podcast with your two co-hosts, Tudrick and Swags, and host, Steve Halepka. Oh, it's time to get super flexible. I am back from vacation. This is Tudrick. Steve's not here. I'm running this show. Swags, what is going on? How's it going? Welcome back. You're never allowed to leave. I'm never allowed to leave. You're here. Handcuffed to the desk. That's how it works. And and because we're handcuffed, nope, that's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> Travis May, <laughs> Travis May is the guest. Uh, Swags and me have been talking about for a while, so I'm glad Swags uh, finally finally got to get you in here. What is going on, dude? Yeah, I'm just glad to be here. Always good to just join the show and uh, some uh, super flex and uh, just whatever else, what other shenanigans we want to get to. But I always enjoy hopping on other shows and just being able to uh, relax and watch you guys do your thing and just answer questions and. Kind of shoot and chill. I, I, on your own show, I feel like you kind of have to watch your, your show sheet and your timeline and kind of think about pitches or ads or whatever else. So there's a, there's a lot going on with that. So it's always good to just hop on and kick and, uh, back and relax. Guys. Yeah. Plenty of shenanigans is what I heard. That's that's what I'm yeah. for. That, that's what I came for. <laughs> so and uh, anybody that doesn't this, know, he's talking uh, about right Dynasty now. Command Center. Well, I was just going to get to that. You, oh. you cut me off. I'm oh, here, dude. Man. Don't worry. You can chill, too. You can chill, too. I'm back. Oh, dude, I will So, Travis, back. everybody, your, your your Twitter handle, the the podcast, anywhere they can find you, if you got anything else going on. Sure. Uh, so, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. Uh, Travis May. <laughs> FF underscore Travis M. Uh, I've been writing a lot for Rotoviz in the past uh, years here. Um, been doing a lot of Debbie work, uh, some college production notes there rookie coverage things like that for them uh but doing a lot of stuff for the dynasty command center the podcast uh as well as our premium slack and uh some of the uh the rookie guides and things like that that we put out in the spring and um just started covering the titans for the music city miracles uh, which is sb nation's kind of main affiliate for the titans coverage which has been a lot of fun been uh, charting some of their training camp and practices so if uh, you're super pumped about the Titans offense, which is like three of you, <laughs> uh, you can check, uh, and check that out at uh, Music City Miracles. But uh, I, th- I think that's that covers most of it right there. Yeah. All right. So I'm not going to let you that easy since you brought up the Titans and Mark Mariota. Can we just okay. let me get your thoughts on him this year? Because uh, I've definitely seen it swung both ways where every, everybody's off of him and don't want any piece of him. And there's a few guys that are believing, you know, maybe this is the season he puts it together. It's another year with a new offensive coordinator. Like, there's a lot, a lot of moving pieces here. So, uh, just some, some of your, you know, maybe quick thoughts. You don't have to get into the whole article. We'll, we'll let yeah. people get something from you. Yeah, no, I don't have to break down the whole offense, but I think it, just objectively, um, if you believe at all in uh, AJ Brown uh, and, and you understand the efficiency that Adam Humphreys brings, and you understand the importance of Delaney Walker being back. Uh, and you just rec- recognize that Corey Davis is still a pretty good playmaker, if, and you look at the whole package, uh, Mariota has probably the best weapons he's ever had coming into this year. Uh, he's got an offensive coordinator that's already adding a lot more 11 personnel looks. That's three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. Lots of more uh, 11 personnel looks this year. Uh, I anticipate there being um, more passing uh, attempts than last year just because they're not going to go to Blaine Gabbert for a little while and uh, – lose uh and mariota is not gonna uh, you know have a nerve issue i'm i'm banking on that i would like to believe that he'd be healthy if he is healthy uh he is without a doubt gonna bounce back uh and be uh 
at least a, a borderline QB1, QB2 in my mind, just because of the weapons that he has and uh, his balance uh, ability and skill set. But the key is just staying healthy. Uh, I, sure. I, he, he has not done it. So if he does not do it, he's going to disappoint and be a QB20 again or whatever it was. But that that's just the thing with, with Mariota. He's either going to be a $35 million man next year or he's going to be a career backup forever after this year. Uh, there's <laughs> so the razor thin margins uh, when it comes to Mar- Marcus, but his price is really cheap in just about any format you play. And he, even in Superflex, a lot of people are just leaving him for dead. So I, I'm looking to invest and not just because I, I'm a Titans fan, but because I think that the price is right. Yeah. All even right, in so- Superflex, you'll see like Rosen and, and uh, Mariota down at the bottom left sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, that's almost crazy. Yeah. Because of the injury concern is, how important is Tannehill right now then? I, I get that's a gross name to say, but we did <laughs> Blaine Gabbert play last year. Uh, and all reports out of the, the camp buzz, camp news, I'll put air quotes on it. It's still early. I don't care. But Tannehill's looking good. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a, the best backup they've had. You know, it's like he's he should probably be a backup. Uh, if you look at his body of work, he's probably just a really, really good Matt Castle type backup, you know, uh, but better than Matt Castle. <laughs> Um, so I, I think he's done, done a great job. I think he uh, took full control of the offense and the preseason work that he got. If you just looked at box scores, you'd think he was the better quarterback, but he definitely is not. Uh, anyone who covers the team closely knows that uh, without a doubt, and the coaching staff knows that without a doubt, whether or not Benjamin Albright or some other incorrect person wants to interject their own opinion or act like they have a scoop. They don't, um, but uh, – but yeah, he, he's a great guy to have if Mariota goes down. Yeah, as a Titans fan, you have to feel better about that as your backup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, infinitely better than Blaine Gabbard. And then you, you're saying your offensive coordinator is putting in a lot of 11 personnel. Mm-hmm. That's what Mariota needs, right? He needs that field to be spread out more. But let me shift just real quick then to what we saw at the end of the season last year with Henry and then pounding it. So does that that's got to take away from Henry then if we're expecting Mariota to throw it or at least have the ball in his hands a lot more now. Yeah, I think that they want to have Derrick Derek Henry get hit a healthy amount of carries. Uh, the, the Titans are a better offense when they're succeeding on the ground. Uh, but I don't think that he's going to be you know some 300-carry, 400-carry hoss like he was at Alabama's last season or something like that. I think that uh, they're going to have less rushing att- attempts this year because they just don't have to rely on that as much. Uh, and really, I... I Love it when teams run out of 11 personnel yes. because teams aren't expecting that. Teams aren't banking on that. If if you line up with 13 personnel and you've got like your wide receiver three out to the left side of the formation, teams aren't Second. wondering what, you know, they're not, they're not even questioning what you're doing. Uh, and maybe you try to run some kind of play where you get a rub and, and one tight ends open, but that's just overdoing it. Uh, so I think I, I like, um, I like Henry as, as a rusher this year, I think he's if he is healthy, has he's not been healthy just yet. Um, I, I like it them to be more of a balanced offense uh, than just run first. I like that. That's kind of where I was trying to get to. I think maybe Henry doesn't maybe see this massive carry total like we were kind of expecting from last year, but is more efficient because he's running against smaller defensive fronts. You know, looking at him, or there's more space on the field because of that. All yeah. right. Uh, we'll get off the Titans. That was more than we, we should. <laughs> Go check out his article if you want to hear the rest of that. Um, it's time to get weird, and I'm going to hit you with some question marks from the preseason. Go for it. Put Antonio Brown, question <laughs> mark. Like I figure I could just stop there. Like, Have we not talked about this dude enough? 
and he just wants to keep getting in there. How, how do you feel about AB? And and then I want to go to Swags after that. Is because Swags is ready to be out. He's out on him. Uh, yeah. it, who? I mean, it's it's all about the price. Oh, it always is. Uh, and and at his age, I get completely fading him. I get moving him. But right now, the the, the asking price, uh, uh, you're going to be disappointed. People are willing to uh, to give you in return for the most part. Uh, I did see one kind of crazy trade uh, today. Uh, uh, was asking somehow getting uh, uh, Hopkins from uh, the phone, uh, just smashing the accept button. Um, but I, I don't think that that's going to happen in, in most leagues. So uh, I, I don't think I'm wanting to just jettison him because I, I don't think that people are wanting to even give you close to what he is probably going to give you as far as production this year and maybe next year. I think his talent's still there if he can just keep his crazy head on straight. Right. I thought you were going to say not be crazy because we've already know that ship has sailed. Swags, Antonio Brown, yeah. me and you've had a little bit of back and forth yeah. on this a, a couple of days, definitely more so today. What's how you feeling about Antonio Brown? I, I mean, think I think it's time. I'm ready to be out. Just like I, I think the for me, the stress of owning him and the continual downward spiral. I think that at this point we have to read the writing on the wall and it's, it's just kind of declining. Like it's not going to get any better than this. Right. I feel like there's, there's at least a, a better chance during the season that, that his value will be up. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent am on board with you. If you are just done with it because of the headache, I've, you know, I said that about Zeke, you know, earlier on and, and, and Melvin Gordon, any of these players, Zeke, just Zeke's going to play for a few more years though. He's just not going to all of a sudden retire one day because he's pitching a fit. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't buy that narrative. I get that's what he was saying. I think that again. I think that's just a hey, look at me. I, I want to do something. He wasn't the only one complaining about the helmet, right? Like there were other people. He's just the one that kind of took it to the nth degree. <laughs> I, I get it's a safety factor to me. It's I mean it's whatever. That's what your employer tells you you need to do. You don't have to do that, but you are. You're going to collect that money. He's Mister Big Checks, right? not Mr. No Checks. Like he, he's still going to collect that money. He'll be out there a couple more years. I'm not selling AB. I think there's at least two more years of AB being uh, what top 14, 16 wide receiver at worst for the next couple of years. Like you're ready to be done. And I don't like Travis was saying. Like it, I mean, if you're going to get a haul, sure, but I just don't see that. Like, did you did you have any real offers or discussions with owners that you're willing to say now, or is it a little too early for that? Um. Well, I, I've. I had one offer uh, that I spoke to you about that was uh, Andy Isabella and um, Curtis Samuel, which I turned down. And um, then I had another offer today for um, Allen Robinson and a 2021 first. And my my counter offer to that was his hunt and Allen Robinson, which I talked to you a little about. I said, I'm probably going to offer that. Yep. I countered with that. And he said, he won't give up hunt. So people don't Travis, want, how do you feel? go ahead. No finish it. Swags. I was just going to say, so people don't want like Brown super bad already. And this was somebody that came to me. Yeah. I can't do Isabella and Curtis Samuel, even if you believe the camp pipe on. Yep, on and that was a separate game. owner than the Allen Robinson one. I did not sure, counter him. Sure. I should. Travis, how do you feel there? Is, is that enough for you to get out on AB? Or are you willing willing to hold on no. to him for a while? No, I, I don't think either of those guys are going to even sniff. I mean, I love and- Andy Isabella. I, I'm a huge fan of his his uh, balanced production profile. I, I 
wrote him wrote him up significantly in May, and I love him as a rookie. And I, I don't dislike Curtis Samuel. He's not the wide receiver one on his own team, but he I, I don't think either of those people are gonna sniff what AB could do if he is at all healthy by midseason this year. So I think there's gonna be a higher sell window where people aren't just spewing garbage at you to try to get yeah. AB. So I think it's just not right now. That's the uh, thing. And I and I don't dispute that. I kind of I do see what you're saying, but there there's also that small chance that he just walks at any point. And I don't think that that is out of the realm here. Uh, man, it's just one of those situations where I feel like at this point he could be the optical illusion that I decide to pick your pocket with and get something that doesn't look as nice just because of what we think Antonio Brown is supposed to be, but. He doesn't have Ben Roethlisberger. He doesn't have that offense, and he's got Derek Carr. I don't know. There's so much more to it than just even these issues that have been going on really for how long now? Six months, seven months, just off and on. Like It it hasn't ended, so I feel like we just kind of have to keep talking ourselves into what we know and like... I don't I don't know, man. Like even like they're not the same players. Brandon Marshall, like look at what happened there. Like it just never got better. You kept wanting it to, and we should have sold out a long time before it got that bad, but we didn't because we kept having hope. Like sometimes it's not even like issues like that. I'll just say air quotes. But then there's other issues like Megatron just walking, Gronk just walking, guys getting suspended or cut or injured or retired like there's so many things that i feel uneasy about with this situation that i feel like the past should kind of i'm just ready to be done with it before it gets any worse like his value goes down every six months just because of age alone look at doug baldwin he was never like a number one but i mean he's a wide receiver one for years that people relied on and then they hung on too long like the writing's on the wall i agree with you guys i think he might be around and kicking it getting you some points for a year or two but so will larry fitzgerald i want out i am definitely not ready to sell i'm i think i'm okay with selling in the season when he has some nice games and you can get decent value for him i'm not selling for pennies but i don't well that's not pennies though i told you the offers i declined right Oh yeah, that's that's fair. And is it fair to say that maybe you won't sell yeah, for hey, pennies, but Allen Robinson and Hunt, I mean, that's at least some dimes. Yes. It's it's not sure, totally yeah. like bailing out, you know. For opportunity, sure. I mean, I but got I rejected on that deal, right? Because I think if somebody's patient enough to wait on Hunt, they know what's coming, or believe what's coming. I'm moving on. We spent you long there. I'm gonna go to your boyfriend, Kellen Balash. Let's just do Dolphins. Running back situation, Kenyon Drake's in a walking boot, says he should be ready for week one. Does it matter? Is this something where Swags, you believe Balazs just kind of takes over and runs with it? Or where's where's your feelings here? Probably shouldn't have started um, with you. but Yeah, you shouldn't have. Uh, but I can go <laughs> quick because like, you know you know that I've been a buyer like this whole entire offseason trying to buy by low. I think the price you is so high. I'm ready to sell. Thing. I'll sell because I think the price just – went up a little bit i think there's a quick window a really nice sell opportunity if you can find a team that needs a running back or maybe that owns drake like i'll sell travis similar are you looking for somebody else there i mean it seems like it's going to be a little bit of a mess um i think they both can have uh you know tevin coleman-esque value from from time to time you know like that guy that kind of you know he's basically like a maybe running back too kind of um, I think Kenyon Drake, because he's a much more efficient player, will have 
uh, higher highs. Uh, I think we saw Kalen Balazs have basically one good run all of last season. Uh, he didn't have a huge sample size for carries, but outside of his one long touchdown run, he averaged 3.3 yards per carry. Um, so he, he's always he's that guy that looks for super sexy in practice because the, the guy's a monster. He's like six two or three and two hundred and thirty pounds. You know something fast, and he and he can catch passes. Like it's 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 crazy. He's like oh he, duh he's going to be a monster on the field. But then you realize that he's just a really good athlete that still hasn't figured out how to play the running back position. Like he he did not know how to play the running back position in college, and that's why an undrafted free agent. Uh, was battling him consistently for touches uh, because he just wasn't an effective runner outside of a few big highlight plays. Uh, and I think that might be what he is just going to be. If he figures it out, if he puts it together and they give him some receiving targets too, I think he's, he's got great underrated value in that regard, but I don't think he's going to see adequate value to give you a major plus this year. And uh, because of the hype building preseason, if that continues at all, I, I think people are going to be disappointed uh, and and they will overpay. I think there's going to be a high window. You could sell Kalen Balage and maybe a lower window in value for Kenyon Drake, where you can buy a much more much more balanced, better so is, running so back. So for you right now, is that the play? Then it's it's to see if I can't get Drake for a little cheaper than than I should. Absolutely, I think that's that's basically the basically always the decision when it comes to injuries mm-hmm. because. Uh, unless there's some sort of sign that it's just going to be a degenerative issue for forever, or it's their fifth concussion or something like that, there's there's really never a, a reason not to take advantage or at least look into the the injury discount, uh, even if it is that you're paying eighty percent, eighty five percent of value uh, right now. By week six, seven, we're we're gonna forget what whatever Kenyon you know Kenyon Drake had a boot today. Mm-hmm. Uh, people do that all the time for just precautionary. So sure. uh, I think that there's always an opportunity there uh, right. to to target that that kind of player it's yeah. just just to help Elijah a little bit here can we put some of that uh, i know running backs supposedly the easiest position to transition but you go from gase last year who super inefficient least amount of plays ran in the league to at least now again a new offense so do we give it time again to to let him kind of learn and is there a, is there a, a higher upside still coming because because of some of that growth that can be there um I like I said I think Swags put out a poll I think that was earlier today about whether you should buy or sell him I have lots of shares of Balazs I am a Dolphins fan right from heart so that's just I, I have a lot of those shares um, I'm willing to at least shop a few of them um, but I, I'm probably going to hold on to a couple just because I paid almost nothing from them or, or got them as like throw-ins and deals last year move on from that can I get any Mouse Gaskins love or it doesn't matter it doesn't matter I liked Mel Gaskin. He has a, he has a he had a good production profile and was a solid player for Washington. But uh, he he as long as both those backs are healthy, Miles Gaskin uh, barely okay. deserves a roster spot, in my opinion. Wow, barely. So I was gonna say, so let's say that Drake is a real injury. Then Gaskins can't carve out a role. You think it's just split up and it, or it doesn't matter? Or like injuries happen all the time, especially for both of those guys just just throughout their career. So. Don't don't make me beg for some Gaskins love. <laughs> Gaskin, Gaskin could do something with an opportunity. He could, I, I don't think he's gonna have some uh, you don't a, any it. type of cool. any type of opportunity where he's gonna have like a some kind of feature load. You know, it's like, he's gonna be a part of a committee. You know, <laughs> fair enough. I, I like right. another guy uh, though that Travis brought up during that at the very beginning, like so Balage or Tevin Coleman. I mean, definitely Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but there's yeah. similar styles and what they, what you may be hoping 
Bullock. Yeah, like in the perfect scenario, like you could yeah. see one of those guys doing something like that. Fair. Uh, that had 1,500 votes and 60% want to sell Balazs. Yeah. So it's it's not too far off. And yeah, like you said, maybe there's just enough hype has grown on something we're not really sure of. Uh, by the way, Dolphins are going to be really bad. So it's not like they're going to be able to run the ball all the time when they want to. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe you don't believe in Fitzpatrick? <laughs> Stop it. If it's not Rosen, I'm, I'm going to drink way too much beer this year. Um, but yeah, Good maybe suppressing what like we'll move on. You like that? You like how I worked that one in there? That's that's my head for this year. All right, I'm um, gonna lump these next two teams together: Cowboys and the Chargers running backs. We've already even like touched on it just a little bit, but how are we feeling about both of these teams? Who are the other guys? Like, are you setting your flag on Justin Jackson or Eckler? Is it Tony Pollard? Uh, does both Zeke and Melly play? I think they both do. Um, neither of them are even close to the situation that Bell was in. I mean, right. they, you know, yeah, it's just, it just it doesn't really make sense. They, they just just play out your deal, man. Like you have more time. You're not being franchise tagged. You're not being held captive. You're just getting paid a bunch of money still because you're an early draft pick. It's like just just chill. Go do go do your job. But with that said, I think regardless of whether they play, I think Pollard uh, and Eckler, Eckler having more va- value uh, just by himself, regardless of Melvin Gordon's timeout. Uh, I think I trust in Eckler quite a bit. But Pollard, I think. Um, just what he brings as a balanced receiving running back. And I mean, if, if you watch Memphis uh, at all, and, and I don't know how many people watch Memphis football, but they, they use the running backs really creatively and, and took advantage of his special mm. skill set. And I think he brings value as a returner. Uh, I, I think he's just going to have some standalone value regardless, more so than, my, than in my opinion, a Justin Jackson would uh, for sure, whether or not Zeke's there at all. Did uh, either of you guys see the picture of Melvin Gordon wearing the Thursday night football necklace without his shirt on? No, I did he not posted? see that. Nope. Travis, you, you didn't see that these... either, I take it? No. No. So Looking at all these shirtless man pictures. That is... Um, <laughs> you're on different Twitter, bro. <laughs> well, yeah. hold on. Hey, hold on. Bear with me, because he was bare, and I saw it all. But here's <laughs> the thing. Th- their Thursday night football game is a Thursday or is it Thursday? Duh. But it's week, it's week 10. No. So th- they're saying that maybe subliminally he's trying to say that he will be back week 10 if he's not. Because like, he's got to play six games. Right. So oh, it, yeah. I think that you can count on him being gone up until week 10 if he doesn't get paid. But I think there's an absolute huge buy low window. I'd love to have Melvin Gordon that time of the year coming back, assuming he plays. Um, I think Zeke will be back a little sooner, no? I, I mean, I don't know if you guys even agree with that or if you guys look at that kind of stuff or if I'm just crazy for following that bareless, like, bare chest I man. I like the you wrote there, like, unless that's what the tweet said, too. Like, I'm, well, It, it uh, um, had brought up some of that. Yeah, it wasn't just out of my head, no. Gotcha. But it's, uh, it's interesting. Maybe it's just another ploy for him to get paid. You know what I mean? Like, look, I'm willing to wait out until then, but... I mean that's the mark, right? If he plays six games and he accrues a year and it and it counts. Yeah, I think it's saying. I, like uh, I think it says a lot to. I mean, anybody that's following it, like whether you want to look at it positively or negatively, um, but I think he's telling the team and everybody that yeah, I'm playing, but it'll be I'm not going to be around, you know. And then at that point, he can they they'll either have to franchise tag him or he can become a free agent next year, or they can pay him. All right, so let's pause right there then. And I'm going to tell you right now, Melvin Gordon doesn't come back to week 10. So that's the the thought process we're working on. Okay. Eckler, Justin Jackson for weeks one through nine. Um, 
that half beer. Let's not for it. me. I mean, I don't want to pay up for that. No, I don't. I don't need you to pay for it. I'm oh. telling you, who's going to score more? Oh, I mean, probably Eckler is the guy, guy you want. If if there's no Melvin Gordon, you still want Eckler? Absolutely. Mm. Is that what we saw towards the end of last year in them four games? Though I felt like didn't yeah, Jackson kind of take that? Mm. No. If you if you look at their game splits, Justin Jackson did okay. Uh, people wanted Austin Eckler to just kind of take it and and just absolutely explode, but uh, in terms of his volume and he just didn't get all the touchdowns. Uh, but he didn't disappoint at all. Uh, a lot of people uh, wanted him to be this awesome feature back, but uh, that's just not who he is. But he did really well with and without Gordon. Justin Jackson was maybe a flex without Gordon. Uh, so unless something drastically changes in, in their running back room and they all of a sudden think Justin Jackson is the best best player, I think I definitely want Eckler there. Man, that's a tough one for me. Maybe I just want Justin Jackson. Uh, I, mean, I liked him in college. Like I, right. I had no idea why he dropped so far. I mean, he, he had like 1,100, 1,200, 1,300 yards every single year yeah. on one of the worst offenses in college football. Right. Uh, and then was just completely disrespected on draft day. It kind of sucks, but that's just what happened. Yeah. All right. Um, so, will you guys buy low on Melvin Gordon right now? Do you, I don't know that I can buy low right now, though. Like, who's are you think there's panic donors out there? And then what do what are I, you talking? I think they'll start to panic a little bit more. Like week two when he's still not there, like that kind of thing. Or I mean, yeah, even after week one when he doesn't show up. I mean, if that narrative's right and he's not there till week ten, and that holds sure. true, there will definitely be a buy low window by like week two or three. Okay, so at what point then? Like every week after that, it becomes more expensive or like, do we split it and say week five? You know what I mean? So from week six on, it starts getting a little bit more. Like at what point are you maybe not willing to do it? And I, we're foreshadowing the, a lot. The, exactly. Sure, and, and so I'll foreshadow with my answer. The price goes up Perfect. as soon as he's traded to the next team. I mean, price doesn't go up when he plays week 10. Oh, absolutely. If you hold, yeah. But I mean, the what I I feel like. I mean, if I go get Melvin Gordon from you today, I'm I'm probably getting him yeah. to believe in him and the have him at the end of the year and that narrative that my head has wrote. Not saying it's r- right, but that's where the direction I'm going. That's what I'm telling you to do to try to go get him and buy low by week five, and then I think it becomes this point like mid season where. Teams start to separate themselves from the pack and realize maybe you are out of contention, maybe you're in contention. Then other moves will happen where people are trying to buy those injured players or players that aren't playing. But there also becomes that halfway point when Melvin Gordon's price will come back up gradually because people realize even if he doesn't play this year, he's going to be back just as Le'Veon Bell was this year. So I think it creeps down and then it goes back up. I mean... That's what I've imagined. <laughs> so Kareem Hunt will be back week 10 after a game suspension and a bye. Melvin Gordon, let's call him back week 10. Who's worth more? Melvin right Gordon, now? hands down. Melvin Gordon. Okay. And then uh, Travis. No? I, yeah, that's that's fair. Travis, my team is garbage. Shut up, swag. And <laughs> it's probably like a bottom 3-4 pick. Melvin Gordon or my 2021st? Uh, definitely Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Wags, is that enough for you to get out then? I want the Melvin Gordon side. I want the Melvin Gordon side. All right. So how? What are you selling them for? Because I'm not getting anything out of Melvin until week ten, right? So my team's not going to be any better. And I stuttered out zero and five. Like that's definitely a bottom pick. You still want more? Um, I mean, I want a, I want a valuable young stud running back or something that 
I at least have some time to work with. I mean, if I'm going to get rid of Melvin Gordon, I'll probably want to go the other direction. Um, I still, I personally still maybe want more than, I want Melvin Gordon in a piece or like carry on Johnson in a piece, maybe something like that. Like, uh, I don't know. So I guess I'm not really selling low. I just want to see if I can buy a little bit lower or use another piece. Like maybe a super flex league. I could throw, a middle tier quarterback at you at some point to a team that needs a quarterback something like that maybe but i don't know it, it's a tough one you know guys and something middle quarterback travis Mariota or melvin gordon <laughs> <laughs> moving on <Not>, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer it's cool um so next topic i'm, I'm getting out of news i want to come to you travis on 2020 21 quarterbacks Maybe to, uh, that we need to look out for. And you can definitely hit the big names, but uh, maybe some other guys we need to look out for for future rookie picks coming up. Or may, maybe people are starting to, you know, from our side, have some Debbie leagues are starting to delve into that. Um, and maybe this spills over into some of our next couple of topics we have on the show sheet here. But just uh, some of your Debbie, you know, kind of expertise here from, from Dynasty Command. Love on, it. I'm taking some notes guys, on these you know, guys. You need to because you're going to be picking early. <laughs> so much trash talk. Uh, obviously, you got Tua Tungabailoa uh, for Alabama. Uh, yeah, even though I say it like a lot, it's still a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, I'm like, oh, I've got it this time. I know it's this time. I'm going to say it right. But anyway, uh, no, he's obviously um, the go-to name for next year. Uh, he basically plays three quarters every game and chucks four TD passes every single time uh, with the exception of the national championship game. Uh, so I think he's got a, a lot figured out already. He's not a perfect prospect, uh, but what he's done at such a, a young age is just incredible. Um, and it, if it weren't for the fact that Trevor Lawrence was basically already the, the greatest quarterback of all time, he, <laughs> over, overshadowing him, uh, you know, I think we would be even more excited for Tua. So um, Tua, obviously, he's going to be the, the top quarterback. Uh, Justin Herbert, a lot of people like him from, from Oregon. Uh, he's going to have a, a, a weird year. I don't know why he chose to stay. I guess maybe so he could play one-year college football with his brother, who's a, a tight end there. But they don't have very solid uh, receiving options. So I, I don't know what they'll do because he relied on Dylan Mitchell a bunch last year. And uh, they brought in Jawan Johnson, who you know used to be Penn State. He's more of a big-bodied guy. Uh, so I don't know what they do, but I think he has a decent enough year to be a first-round pick. Uh, and then I think uh, everyone's favorite sleeper at quarterback is Jordan Love from from Utah State because uh, he just looks the part and he he does a whole lot. Uh, he does a whole lot well. Uh, I think if he has a, a good statistical year again, he's going to be uh, that you know the name that a lot of people you know debate like the Josh Allen, the, the Daniel Jones, Jordan mm-hmm. Love shows up next year, and a lot of people are going to hate on him. Because he's going to go around pick twelve to eighteen, and and that's still a reach in in some people's mind. I think he has that potential. Jake Fromm is another guy. Uh, I think he's going to go way too high just because he went to Georgia. Uh, yeah. I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really targeting him uh, for fantasy goodness, <laughs> but uh, he's probably going to be uh, drafted uh, pretty highly next year. There there are a few other names to get excited about for sure, but. Uh, those are the big ones for 2020. 2021, I think no, we'll on. see. No, you, hold on. no, you don't get to go that fast. Okay. Um, <laughs> slow down. Slow down. Let's, <laughs> let's let's stay on Georgia, right? So there are two guys that left that left Georgia 
that Eason and Fields, the people are talking about, could even come out in 2020, right? Or is that just Fields? Maybe Eason has to wait so next Eason, year. No, Eason has been around for forever, I, I think. <laughs> you know, it's just like uh, I, he was, I'm trying to think, two years ago, he was still right, with so Georgia and he got kind of got hurt. Yeah. Because he got kind of got hurt and then he From lost Dakota his job to yeah. exactly. And so, um, no, it's Fields, though, that we we're, we're going to have to wait on for okay. until 2021. How do you feel about Eason? Is uh, is there enough out there in Washington uh, State, um, and and what that offense does to show that he belongs to the next level? Yeah, so he's you know he's with the he's actually yeah he's with the Huskies, so he's going right, to be yeah. re- replacing a pretty veteran quarterback in Jake Browning, uh, who's by no means a pro quarterback. Um, right. I think he's on a roster right now, but he won't be in a couple weeks. Um, Jake Eason, I think he has all the measurables. He looks the part. He's got the strong arm. He's he's the right height. He's the right weight. Um, whatever you know, he was a top recruit. But I think he's he's overrated and always has been. I think the the quick processing has never been there for Eason, uh, and that's actually sadly and to some extent what got him hurt in the first place. Uh, the lack of the quick quick processing. Um, so you know you never want to see it, but uh, you never want to wish somebody. Um, bad uh you don't want him to get hurt but he just he's he's not the quickest processor and i don't think he anticipates at all i think that's going to show up and he's going to have some big games because i think uh washington actually has some underrated playmakers around him they actually still have hunter bryant uh, hunter bryant at tight end who could be uh, an early uh draft pick for sure i think salvin uh ahmed uh is a definitely an underrated uh running back i think he can catch some passes um I, I think he, I like him actually more than Miles Gaskin, but he was just kind of stuck behind him by default because Gaskin was his senior, I guess. Uh, but I believe in his athleticism more so than Gaskin. But Aaron Fuller is a super underrated wide receiver. So I think if he finds that connection and, and does pretty well with him, Hunter Bryant, and maybe a couple other guys, uh, he could have a decent enough statistical year to be a second or third round pick. But I don't think he has the ammo to be a first round guy. All right, and then one uh, one quick last thing before I let you jump to 2021 class. Um, Tua is a chance that he stays, and it, doesn't he have a similar situation to Herbert? Where does isn't Tua's brother coming into Alabama? Is it next year? Yeah. Is there a chance yeah. that he stays for 2021 class to play that one year with his brother too? Well, his brother would be coming in to replace him. So I I, I don't know if he. I mean, I guess just being on the same sideline that that's cool, but uh, I I don't think that everyone pulls a, a Herbert and stays. I mean, Herbert just honestly didn't have the perfect resume either. I mean, because he'd been injured so much and uh, basically played two half seasons. About being a top 10 pick, you know, coming out. Or, yeah. or maybe he would have been ahead of like Daniel Jones and would have been a New York Giant because there was a lot of buzz about that even before. Is, yeah. Is he, he's not going to be that high next year. You think uh, coming back this year is going to cost him that way? Um, I think it very well could. I think he would have been uh, an early pick for sure uh, but i think it's it's not really the norm for those type of players to stay uh that's especially here recently more and more players are, are leaving early than ever before uh just that really in the past three or four years we've seen that that number just completely spike through the roof and in some cases players that just have no business leaving early thing just you know not believing the committee that gives them like an un, undraftable grade or whatever um yeah, you definitely see it that way a lot more All yeah right, well, so one yeah. knock on Tua, and then I'll let you go to 2021 for real this time. 
what does Tua need to work on or what's what's he need to improve to to take even that next step? Give me give me a negative on him. He ain't perfect. I, I think the 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 post snap read, I think pre-snap read, he's just like he's just really smart. He knows he knows how to just break down a defense, set it up, uh, whether it's via motion or just uh kind of reading the defense and, and he knows what's coming. I think he's he's definitely a hard worker, but I think uh, that shows up like anytime you hear him speak about any any type of look um, that, that he was wanting to see. And we and being in the South, we hear blurbs about Alabama like every other hour. Uh, and so, I mean, he's a really intelligent guy, but I think the post snap is what got him in trouble with Clemson because they know where he wants to put the ball and, and adjusting after a defense knows where you want to put the ball mid game making those kind of adjustments, making the adjustments after that look that you read is not what it was. They adjusted, they dropped a defensive line in the flat and brought an extra blitzer on the, on the right side, like, you know, adjusting to that type of thing, but that's next level. Like there, there are tons of pros that never get that and they end up being Blaine Gabbard. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that he, he's almost there already. Uh, and to be almost there already at age 19, that's, that's incredible. I like that we've trashed Ben Grabber twice now on the show already. Love it. Have to. Have to. I mean, 2020. Former tag and a bad backup for the Titans. Come on. I, I can't let that go. 2021, not named Trevor Lawrence, a name that we need to look out for. Well, I mean, obviously. Uh, uh, knows Trevor Lawrence at this point, right? Sunshine. You know what Trevor Lawrence is. I mean, look at his hair. He's got amazing hair. <laughs> <laughs> he got amazing hair. He got an amazing arm. Has amazing wide receivers. He's just. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch for the next couple of years. Um, and he's going to win two more national championships. Oof. Uh, and uh, it's probably not going to be close in, in either one. Um, he's just he's just that good. Uh, it's it's un, unreasonable. Like, it's it's not fair to anyone to have that, that level of wide receiver, skill position, talent with uh, arguably the best quarterback prospect we've seen since Peyton Manning. Like, it's just Ooh. not really fair at all. So he's definitely the guy you need to get pumped about. Justin Fields is going to have a, a Dwayne Haskins type season and blow everybody's minds at Ohio State because their their playbook's basically like four plays with window dressing. So if you can't figure that out, I, I'd be concerned. But he's going to have a really good year for Ohio State and come out and be a top quarterback that year. Those are the top two. Uh, no one else is even in the conversation. But Brock Purdy, uh, I think for Iowa State, is incredible. Uh, I think uh, he's done a, a lot with little. I mean, he basically just had to – Chuck it to Hakeem Butler because he had literally no one else to throw to at Iowa State. They were not a good offensive line. They did not pass protect well. They weren't even a good running team. Even though they had David Montgomery, they weren't an efficient running team. Brock Purdy still found players like Tariq Milton. Uh, you know, he's fast, but that's all he's got. He's got and his best wide receiver is a fourth round talent, Hakeem Butler, uh, as, as a true freshman coming in and, and blowing it up for Iowa State. That's That's noteworthy right there. So I, I like Brock Purdy quite a bit. I think he's he's a lock to be at least a day two guy in 2021 right now, if not uh, higher. Uh, and then Adrian Martinez coming in and being the, the first true freshman uh, to start an opening day game for Nebraska uh, and then to succeed at, at the level that he did with, again, not great wide receiver in Stanley Morgan Jr. Uh, J.D. Spielman, I really like him a lot. Uh, but to kind of cycle through running backs and kind of some, have some in, – in, in, inconsistent uh, stuff there, some first-year stuff for the offense. I think Scott Frost is going to really develop him there for Nebraska, and he's going to work his way at draft boards too. Fair enough. 
All right, I would like to jump right into maybe just some of your super flex strategies, kind of how you go about that. It could be anywhere from how you want to construct teams to, to maybe even like during the draft itself when you're ready to pull the trigger on guys. Do you, do you want to make sure you get one early? How many you you know looking to leave with? How you like to play? Sure. I mean, even regardless whether you're talking auction, whether you're talking uh, a super flex, one QB, any, any type of format, I'm a late round QB believer uh even in in super flex typically uh i'm completely fine uh, holding off uh grabbing two guys in the you know the quarterback 12 to 15 range and rolling with them because the week over week if you miss out on the patrick mahomes if you miss out on on guessing who the 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 out of nowhere qb2 this year is going to be if you miss out on that type of player the week over week value you're suffering unless you're playing in some kind of crazy outlandish you know eight eight points per touchdown and you know point for completion and all this other garbage that makes the quarterback position stupid. I'm calling out my local Yahoo league league mates right now, by the way. Um, If you, you know, unless you're playing in some weird premium, uh, I'm still a guy who is completely fine rolling out, you know, Kirk cousins and Matthew Stafford and completely destroying you at the flex position. So, you know, that that's, that's how I roll with super flex auction or, or snake draft. Hey, I like both those quarterbacks you picked. I don't I mean, I guess where they're being drafted, and, and we kind of touched on that one of the last shows, I guess in Superflex I was on, I guess those qualify as later on quarterbacks. They really do now. I, yeah. I, you wouldn't think they do, but like if you look at Both any type like of 12 kind of potential, top 12, you know, 12, 15, exactly. for sure. Stafford and you're no love. In 20s, I mean, even remember though, the last show Superflex I was on, I think Cousins was at like 19 or 20, and Stafford was at like 25. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I think, like, I've, man, I, I'm not going to word this the right way, and I've been thinking about it this way for a while, but I, I've i done startups where I've I've waited super long, and, and I've brought this up before, where I've run where Phillip Rivers and Eli Manning, you know what I mean? Just oh, yeah. you, you wait exactly. so long, and those guys give you, like you said, just enough because the, the point of position from the other ones have, have carried you so far. I just... I think that needs to be said is I think at that point on, then rookie drafts, you have nailed yourself down. A, you either have to trade for more quarterbacks or every rookie draft coming up, you're just taking every quarterback there is because you need to take flyers and fill that out. Like uh, how much more are we really getting from Eli? We've already seen that replacement. You know what I mean? So I was forced to take a Daniel Jones at the end of the first. Uh, I, uh, you can definitely win both ways. I just feel like you're a little more hamstrung when you do that. Now, if you get Stafford and Cousins, you know you got plenty of years left. Mm-hmm. That's a different story, but if you really play like a you know a late round quarterback and and one that's maybe aging, yeah. um, you, man, you've you've really you've really set yourself up to not have a lot of choices come rookie drafts. Or let's just look at it. You have to overpay it. Yeah, let's just look at some ADP. I like using the Rotoviz Dynasty ADP tool. Okay. You can look at all the in my fantasy league, all the FFPC drafts that you want in whatever time span you want. Let's just look at the past two months real startup drafts. Superflex leagues, uh, Superflex and two quarterback leagues. Like you, uh, getting a Kirk Cousins that in Superflex leagues, his average draft position is, is 62 right now. Like that's that's not. I mean, for Superflex, that's yeah. he's quarterback 17. Yeah, and, and like Matthew Stafford is a pick 80, <sighs> and, and and so you're you're talking about getting guys in like round six, round seven. And completely stacking your top five uh, with with just studs at the flex position, or if you if it's tied in premium, whatever you want to take a stab at Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. you know, and just really racking up the guys that you know you can trust. 
the guys that are young, like young that are going to be around that can be that core. You leave the first seven rounds with quarterbacks you know are going to be on their teams for the next three years and and a strong young core. And I feel a lot more confident about that than taking a stab at who I think is going to be uh, maybe six to seven points better than them most weeks, mm-hmm. possibly. And like uh, you know, even like a Jared Goff who's going quarterback nine right now at pick like 37 like that price difference to me like that's a no-brainer like why would you if you if you're not getting Patrick Mahomes whose average draft position is 3.4 by the way uh you know you, you're basically missing out on a premier talented wide receiver or running back to to draft him but if you miss out on that kind of player or even like maybe you think Deshaun Watson's in that conversation maybe you think Baker Mayfield's in that conversation yeah, the drop-off week over week is just it's still you you can wait um, and I, I'm okay stacking with one older guy, one younger guy, and 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 just being willing to pivot two years from now. Like I, I'm okay with stacking a Rivers and Stafford, stacking a Rivers and you know Cousins, stacking Rivers and uh, insert quarterback here. You know some, somebody in that that range. Well, yeah, I, I'm not that comfortable, but I, I like him. But but uh, but his average draft position is over a hundred. So that I mean, right exactly. You can get starting quarterbacks and pick a hundred in superflex and two QB. Uh, so it's still uh, maybe not to the same extent, but late round QB is just how I roll. No, it's fair. And uh, Mariota is my third quarterback, or probably how I draft would be my fourth. I would feel great about. I feel like we, as a superflex community, should fix that though. Like that, I don't feel like that should be the case, but it, that's that's probably for a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Um, Swags, anything there, or is it time for Scouting Academy? I mean, go ahead. I, yeah, I, and I, I, I don't hate that strategy either. I've been thinking more and more about it. You actually, can win and all just the like ways. some of the guys that you can get later, and um, there are some great values out there. I don't disagree on any of those values, but for me, like, um, I don't know, man. I, I like to leave the seventh round with three quarterbacks, um, and just feel kind of good and see what I can get later in the draft. I can usually find some guys that like I personally like anyway and um, try to control the market a little bit for trades later down the road. Um, I make sure I do get guys that I like because, like air quotes, I don't like to draft or trade to trade. So if I do get stuck with those guys, I want to be happy with my team. But same time, like I think it's one of those things, like if a quarterback goes down, I think in super flex, like – just the that alone has created that premium and then you bring up Mahomes like somebody like that like there is a premium there like if you believe that Mahomes can even close to repeat what he did last year that's like a extra flex spot almost alone like not a high flex but like uh, your third flex because we play in some deep leagues say like I mean that was eight to 12 points some weeks then the next best quarterback I mean that he's a game winner yeah yeah, but and, and if you miss him though, if you miss him though, there's really not much. It's a crapshoot after that. Like it's all like hopes and dreams, and some all, we all have our favorite guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Goff a lot. Like you brought two, up though, Goff, yeah. and Goff is somebody that I'll absolutely target because I think he gets. I think he's better than where he goes in drafts. Like, not necessarily if you're if we're arguing about like overall rankings and what you should take, but just um, quarterback rankings. I like him better than quarterback ten. Say, like, what do you know where he's going, Travis? Just nine. quarterbacks alone, yeah. nine. Yeah, yeah. So I'd probably put him at five, six, five seven. or six. Yeah, yep. personally, yeah. 
So drive me some. I'm going to ask again so I can cut me off this time. Uh, you said you're okay with like two like quarterbacks there. Are you saying like uh, like leaving the draft or like in a super flex dynasty? Like you're all right with that because you have studs. You can and you're going to put a wide receiver running back in that like during a flex week, or you're still going to end up with three to cover buys or something like that. Because Swags ain't going to let you get to three if you're going to wait that long. You know what I mean? He's going to take four or five. I've seen this dude come out with like seven starting quarterbacks in a dynasty starter before. Go for like, it. F. Go for you're, it. Man. And you're fine. Yeah, I mean, if because like a lot of the time, I mean, I play in like some fourteen team leagues, and so there's just not going to be. Uh, yeah, it's harder. You know, it's sure. harder to have. I mean, there there are ten people that are not going to have uh, a third. Sure. Yeah. You know, if you just drew it up and everyone was even, mm-hmm. there's just. I mean, if you want to corner the trade market, that's fine. Your flex position is going to be like garbage for a while, like because other people probably went another direction. But mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying. In, in my experience, in my leagues, like I've I've seen people that stack three quarterbacks super early, and it just takes a couple years for them to fix the flex position. And I've seen people, you know, take some some you know two quarterbacks, and then they get screwed because one of them is Andy Dalton, and he's hurt, and you know then they're just basically screwed for an entire season. So it's risky, but I'm okay taking two later guys, and then just kind of targeting, um, you know, and even cheaper guy round 10 you know the guy that might stick um and might have a, a back uh, a bounce back type year like a like a mariota uh, you know every single year there's there's somebody like that that just drops down further and i'm okay taking a quarterback given the positional premium at that point and, and really prior to this season i don't have to have my my team perfect i, I just want a player that i feel like is the most valuable so if i believe Josh it Rosen is a quarterback, or miles I, sanders Absolutely, Miles Sanders. So I just right. traded, traded Josh Rosen for Miles Sanders, even with the way things are, just because I have so much stuff that I can go out and do that. And people need quarterbacks so much that they're like, oh, you know? And yeah, I, I just haven't, I would never be that owner that was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give you the, the, my overall running back one this season. For for Josh Rosen, I don't need you yeah. to be though. You can DM me and be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that just happened!" Like, oh, I wish I would have made an offer for Miles Sanders. <laughs> interesting. All right, let's hit Super. Uh, let's hit Scouting Academy, and then I'm ready to jump into some trades. These will be interesting. Kind of Scout NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com. Very cool. All right. Superflex trades time. Uh, first one. Uh, so, Travis, all these are superflex. And then I will specify league size and scoring, or it's it's on the show there a little bit. But um, at I, Chris Lawson, definitely somebody that's been hitting us up uh, multiple times before. So, appreciate that. Keep that up. 12 team, full PPR. Daniel Jones and a 2021st, or Jarvis Landry and a 2022nd. That's tough right now because I think I like buying low on Jarvis Landry. I think he's going to have a, a role when he's not pressured to be the only legit uh, target on the offense. I think that might be a good thing. Uh, obviously, he's not going to have the wide receiver one target ceiling that he we've, we've seen him have before. Uh, 
So I, I think uh, his absolute top end ceiling is limited, but I like him as a wide receiver too. But I, I really, I really do like 2020 um, in the draft class. And I think Daniel Jones is going to start sooner than later. So given the positional premium there, and if that 2021st is a, is a mid range type, type value i think um that that alone in a super flex league would, would slide in around what pick 70 or 80 ish and uh, by itself and jarvis landry just barely maybe slightly more expensive than that um and then you look at the positional premium of, of a 20 you know 2022 versus daniel jones mm-hmm. who's probably going to i mean i don't like him but he's probably going to start at some point this year right. i think the value short term yeah. is going to be uh, more for you so that side, which feels weird, but which, <laughs> that's where I am. So, so which side did you take? I'm going to make you say Daniel it. Jones. <laughs> okay. Which is weird. Swag. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> but you said it. Got it. Swags. Yeah, I want that side as well. Pretty much everything he just said. I mean, the the 2021st and uh, future starting quarterback. And, and that 2022nd, I mean, that's even a huger crapshoot than anything there. So, yeah, I'm all about that side. Yep. You knew I would be, though. I didn't know, but we fought me again. Me and you've had some conversations, maybe just even on the phone or through text. Uh, Jarvis Landry or 2021st. Like, I feel, I feel like that's at least close, right? That should, yeah, yeah, for me it is. Yeah, side, depending yep. on where it is, especially after hearing I mean, Travis. Are you, are you going to get a 2021st for Landry and during the draft next year, during your rookie draft? People I, will probably I, be I, too excited to pick, correct? But right now, a year away, I it, it depends because I think there's. Again, we, and we said this before too, probably two Landry people in your league that's willing to do this, and the rest don't care about it. Uh, I want to take Daniel Jones in 2021st, um, so much as I hate it, and I'm going to hope to to trade Daniel Jones as soon as he's starting a game, which I don't know if it is this year, but we'll see, I guess. Uh, Daniel Jones side wins 64%. Bah, I hate it. Moving on. Um, Superflex underscore Luger. Which is a dope name, by the way. Super Flex Luger. Got it. Flex Luger. Nobody? Okay, cool. Yeah, no, <laughs> 12 team PPR. Team A has Riley, or not Riley, really. That would be bad. Calvin Ridley as their wide receiver one, right? So I have Wentz, Kamara, and Ridley on one side. Uh, is a lot of nice pieces. That's a huge trade. For Cousins, Mixon, and Mike Evans on the other side. So it is literally quarterback, wide receiver, running back for the same on the other side. Does it matter that really is your wide receiver one? Like, is that's their upgrade here. They they feel like they need a true wide receiver one on their team. So that's why they're making this deal to get Mike Evans. Yeah, if you're... <laughs> Do they upgrade if, if, at quarterback yeah. too? Is that crazy? Do you guys hate me for saying Cousins over Wentz? I mean, sure. value-wise, that's kind of bonkers. But value, definitely. Value-wise, but like, I mean, I'm not. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't think we know. I think we we think. Well, we think we know, but I right. don't think we know. Right. So, um, we want wins to be the future, and we want him to be the answer. He hasn't stayed healthy, but I think uh, I, the gap there, because of how I value quarterbacks past the top end elite options. Um, I've got to look at the the skill position players, and I think I probably prefer Kamara over Mixon. I think yep, most people yep, would. Yeah. But if if Ridley's your wide receiver one, you are absolutely screwed. Like with with that position, if he's if he's definitively your wide receiver one, that means that your next guy is not even flex worthy. So maybe you absolutely need. I'm sorry. Maybe it's Jarvis Landry. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, 
Maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe but, there's a bunch of wide receiver twos there. I mean, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. he really is that guy. Like, and you're, if you're stacked at every other position. Yeah. And uh, not to knock Ridley. He, what he did as a rookie was, was incredible. I think he's going to be battling Julio for a while still for a significant target, target share. I really like Matt Ryan. Um, uh, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks of all time. But Mike Evans is a def- definite upgrade, and the gap is much wider, in my opinion, uh, than it is between Kamara and Mixon, and even Cousins and Wentz, which I, that's that might sound crazy to a bunch of people that are Eagles fans, perhaps. But um, I, I think that it's closer than uh, we're, we're wanting to admit just as a, as a dynasty community and market there. Uh, but Evans is just a, a runaway stud who's somehow still underrated and somehow still drops every year, even in redraft. Uh, I don't know what what else he needs to do uh, to prove that he is a, an elite, elite wide receiver option. Uh, but Ridley, I think the ceiling's just not there. And so I totally get that, uh, Evans' side. Man, swags. Yeah, I'm with him. And I mean, I agree on everything there, even like the wide receivers. And you look around at some of my teams too, Drink, and you know I don't draft wide receivers like you do, but... I still have my wide receiver ones are a little bit better than Ridley, at least, you know, like I, I agree you want something there. And I like Calvin Ridley, I think as much as the next guy or more, but to get mix in there and Mike Evans, I feel really good. And cousins, I feel like I can say is at least more reliable than Wentz. I mean, people don't want to talk about the injury thing because different injuries, this and that, like I'll give it to you, but the dude's never thrown for 4,000 yards. I mean, what he's his most touchdowns in a year at this point. Like, don't quote me, twenty-one or thirty-one? Is it something like that? Twenty-one? Does anybody know? I, I do not. Don't have it in front I'll of me. Yeah. You. Um. So everyone makes your argument better. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just throw out statistics. No one's gonna look them up, right? Right. Well, I <laughs> exactly. I love, I love all these pieces involved, right? I I do all of them. And, and originally, I wrote. I don't think the downgrade from Winston Cousins and Kamara Mixon is worth the upgrade you're getting from Ridley to Evans. And, it, and to me, it's it's maybe more value-wise than what I even see the season. 33. You know, he threw for 33 kinda, touchdowns one year with 3,200 yards. I feel like that's what you said. Um, it's not. But maybe you guys are changing your mind a little bit here. Like I said, I like Cousins a lot. So I just I, – I still don't have to start a roster yet, right? So, like you said in the beginning, value-wise, I think it should be on the the Wentz Kamara Ridley side because of Wentz and Kamara and Superflex. Because how you far off are Mixon and Kamara? But, but it's my thing. Flex, like right? you're like, arguably getting two first 70, rounders Wentz in Mixon and 30. Evans there. Like for me, I mean, the Mixon and Evans are the nice. second and third most valuable players in the deal. Kamara, Kamara. How do how do you rank this? Kamara, uh, Mixon. Evans, Wentz, Cousins, Ridley. Sure. That sounds rightish. So, man, I'm, I'm all about that mix in Evans' side. Well, you guys, uh, you guys <laughs> are wrong. You guys are wrong. 36% wanted that side. 64% wins with me. I don't think that's how that works, but I'm taking it. Um, at Sammy Evans, 92. 10-team, uh, full PPR. Dak, Prescott, in a 2021st, or Jared Goff? How far apart are Goff and Dak for you that a 2021st makes up for it? Swags first. Man, that's such a tough one. I'm probably right? going to go on the 2021st side. Like, I want Goff a lot more, but that 2021st and only being 10 teams, um, usually in a 10 team like this, I'd say I want the 
best guy just because it's not quite as deep, not as many guys gone. But again, that 2021st, it's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft. You know that no matter what, Dak's going to keep you in the game this year. So I don't think you're going to give up. uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm, yep, I want the Dak in 2020 side. Travis. Yeah, I think Dak in 2020 easy. I think right now, ADP wise, it's like QB nine ish and 12 ish, somewhere around that. Yeah, somewhere in that range. So, uh, I think that's definitely. I mean, if as you're getting a free 2021st essentially because they're they're really posting value, in my opinion. And plus, I mean, once Dak actually gets paid, he's going to see that that uh, new contract bump that we always see in ADP anyway. So, uh, yeah, I like it. So I'll also take that. And 91% went that way. I kind of put this one on here uh, recently. Is so you believe Dak does get paid? And and where is that number? Because it's not 40 yeah. apparently, and it's not yeah. 30. I believe it's probably 33 with a healthy amount of guaranteed. Uh, guaranteed money. Yeah. I mean, if you look at like Russell Wilson, I think he was at 35. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, somewhere around there, like he's not going to get Wilson money, but that that's a recent deal to to probably say, uh, well, a year later or whatever it is, that Dak gets 2 million less, maybe less guaranteed than a Russell Wilson, but not like a rental contract like that Blake Bortles nonsense or whatever it was back in the day with Colin Kaepernick that was just all – smoke and mirrors i think it is some safer money and, and a safer contract for him fair all right uh moving on at dynasty ff addict uh this is an all positions premium league 12 team third of a point per carry half of a point for running backs full point for wide receivers it is super flex and tight end premium which i'm guessing is 1.5 uh we're throwing numbers all over the place here Gurley in a 2022nd or carry on johnson harry and a 2023rd. Nikhil Harry and a 2023rd on that other side. There are some interesting pieces here. I'm not going to lie. This one's in here for swags. Um, <laughs> it's one of his dudes, but so is Carrion. And he's got Harry finishing as a wide receiver too this year. Oh, uh, that was a while ago. That was a bold okay. prediction a while ago. Well, I'm still holding you to it. I love me some Harry and Dynasty though. So that that's not good. For gone. sure. For sure. So I'm going to start with Travis and make you wait a second. Gurley, the 2022nd. <laughs> Carry on Johnson, kill Harry in a 2023rd. Whoever plays the, the Todd Gurley trades right is going to win their league's championship, and the people that play it wrong are going to screw their team over for like three years. Yeah, um, and that stinks. Uh, I, that's not the type of, of player I t- I typically try to. I, I I'm a risk averse dynasty owner <laughs> uh, when it comes to that type of thing. I think it's funny because I mean we're we're talking about a player that just dominated the NFL for basically 15 weeks and uh, then had a weird, just unexplainable drop off until we found out more about his knee. Um, I, I think that I, I'm really worried about Todd Gurley. So if, if you're worried about Todd Gurley uh, and you want some safer assets that probably has some, have some value insulation just because one, their draft capital, their age and their opportunity, the uptick and carry on Johnson's carries coming given the offensive coordinator, uh, change and and, and uh, the departures there of the people that could take his carries. Uh, I mean, obviously, CJA notwithstanding, I, I don't think that he's going to be much of a distraction. Uh, so I think Harry is going to eventually earn some sig- significant role there. Um, and so I think it's safer to go with the carry on side. But if you're wrong, you're absolutely selling low. low. So I just am, am projecting. Uh, a really confusing and frustrating role for Gurley for the next two years, and and I don't I, I think I'm completely fine moving away from that for this. This is enough for you, okay? 
Oh, swags. I hands down want that girly side. I'm I'm really happy about winning this enough. year. I mean, carry on Johnson, what does he have to do to be half of Todd Gurley? I mean, that's probably about what he'll always do is half of Todd Gurley. I mean, we're talking about a top five running back here. Like Travis said, just put up. The end of the year was awful. No fun. I get it. But, I mean, I, I really think, I mean, Todd Gurley's getting paid. They're going to have to use him. The dude is only 25. He's got bad knees. I don't know, man. Like, carry on Johnson, so he gets, does he get more work this year? I mean, is he ever going to be, I don't know. Okay, I'll go to Travis's take on quarterbacks. So, this is a lot different. Like, the top five to six running backs in a fantasy league, like, they have uber amounts of points, like, compared to an RB2. And and I think that that's what Carry on Johnson is like. It's not a knock on him, but I don't think Carry on Johnson is a running back one. I'm not in that camp. Um, so for me, like you need two Carry on Johnsons almost to get you Todd Gurley's ceiling. Carry on Johnson was running back 16 on a per game basis last year uh, as a rookie, splitting time with a couple of bad running backs. Yep. Um, and in a situation that that was not as friendly for the run this this year. I do think he sees an uptick in uh, carries. I think he sees an uptick in receiving his, his receiving ability has always been underrated. Uh, he was actually a great receiver, even dating back to high school. Uh, he actually led all Auburn running backs as a true freshman in receptions. Uh, I think he's going to see uh, more of a featured load this year. I don't think he's ever going to be a Todd Gurley ceiling type player. That's not where I am, but I think uh, on a per game basis, he could be in that running back 10, kind of um, 10 to, to 12 kind of range. Uh, and if, if that's what we're talking about um, as, as a possible ceiling versus the possible floor of Gurley, that's just what worries me. I, I totally get shooting for the, the stars with what Gurley could be if it is more of a scare than a valid issue. Uh, but I'm okay with this. It's right on the border. You got a couple of valuable assets with Harry and and carry on that I think are both go- going to yeah. only go up. I so. do agree with you though that carry on it should see should be a little bit better than last year and everything yeah. like he was underutilized at the beginning of the season to say the least. Um, but with that said, like I was kind of just curious because you brought up he was RB sixteen. Do you how many points difference is RB sixteen from say like RB three? I just don't even think that's a valid question with Gurley anymore because I don't think he's going to be given the workload to get there. I mean, if you believe that, then this is a no-brainer, I think, on the Todd Gurley side for sure. But, so, but I how just much don't less does, do you imagine him seeing? Like 20% less, 25% less? Yeah, I think 25% less is, is pretty pretty safe. And if that's the case, then that's probably a, a, a later running back one, maybe basically what David Johnson just did, a uh, frustrating season, uh, but still a running back one type player. If, uh, Swags, if I change the 2023rd on Carrion and Harry's side to a 2021st, did I did I get enough now? Um, no. I'm gonna leave the second on Gurley's side. I'm gonna give you a first. It's still not enough. I mean, you have me you. feeling kind of crazy for not accepting it. I'm not sleeping easy tonight after I reject that deal. It's totally, but, it's a totally different deal now. Like, but you rejected it. You didn't even let it sit. You just said that. I, I really, I mean, I really believe in Todd Gurley this year and, and a couple more. Like, so I think that, I mean, I, I definitely think that Antonio Brown is a lot riskier, not to be completely rhetorical here, but 
Yeah, I feel great about Todd Gurley. I think it's too bad, you know? I don't know. The, his value's completely dipped. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm I'm just like I'm okay avoiding trade trades entirely with this kind of player. And if I, it's just like if you get it wrong, you're absolutely screwed. And if you get it right, you just won your league. But I feel like people get it wrong with Todd Gurley every year, and then he just keeps coming back and producing again. There's always a reason why Todd Gurley isn't going to be good. I think Jeff Fisher was the only reason he was ever not not good. <laughs> but even then, he was pretty good. Like RB sixteen, his worst year, his rookie of the year, he wasn't. But you know what I mean, like. Yeah. Oh no, we we're not knocking him as a talent. No, that would be absolutely absurd. But it's just the the health issues. That's it. Over two hundred votes, uh, exactly fifty percent. So I, I think some people are are just ready to get out. I've accidentally yep. bought him in, or drafted him in every startup I've been in this year. Accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right, real, real quick before we move on, redraft then. Swags, let's do it. redraft. How high are you comfortable taking him? Tide Gurley? Yep. I mean, you know, that's such a tough question, so I'll try to answer it honestly. But first, I do have to add that, like, where I feel about him and then where I need to draft him are two different things. So I'm well aware I don't have to dra- draft him as, like, a top player or a top five player. Um, I really like getting him in that, like, nine or ten spot. I'm, I feel like... After that, it's offensive to me that he's still there, honestly. <laughs> so, but I, I mean, I'm comfortable grouping him with Zeke this year. Okay, so redraft Nick Chubb or Todd Gurley, you're going on Gurley. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really close. That's really close. I'll take Chubb next. Yeah, but you're only going to get one in redraft. I'm, I'll put you at like 108. I'm take, I'll take Todd Gurley, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, 50% right across the board. Uh, moving on, at EG. Good sports. Um, that's a sweet name. 14 man tight end premium super flex. Got a, I love 14 teams because it definitely brings it up. But Josh Rosen on one side and uh, camp camp special Curtis Samuel, uh, 2019 4 1 4. Um, you should have already had a rookie draft, but uh, fair enough. And a uh, 2022nd, Josh Rosen in a 14 team super flex or Curtis Samuel in a I go fourth, okay. And I'll uh, let 20, you guys go first okay. on this one. And a fourteen team, as much as I like Curtis Samuel, I think I will take the shot on Josh Rosen. Um, but I, I hope, I hope uh, that's you know that's that's my quarterback three, and I have depth, so I'm I'm okay paying up for it. Am I wrong? You guys are gonna take Curtis Samuel? Do it. Um, I want the Josh Rosen side as well. I'm with you. Travis isn't. I mean, I I actually liked Josh Rosen a, a little bit more than. Uh, most when he when he came out i believe um I, i'm not throwing in the towel just yet after one season most rookies struggle i mean if you look at their adjusted passing numbers last year people w- love talking about how good josh allen was he, he was good on the ground he was awful through the air and, and it's not even a debate uh josh rosen was even worse <laughs> so um it's it's just you hope for a big second year uptick uh most quarterbacks historically that that second year jump is the most significant uh so if he gives if he actually is given a chance he's his value is going to go up and i think if his value goes up at all he's gonna he is going to obviously be worth more than curtis samuel so that's uh, that's what i'm gonna go with does this count as josh rosen's second year though changing systems teams players all that and still not even like 
he's getting even less reps with the first team now as he did last year kind of coming into it. Mm -hmm. So are you counting this as Josh Rosen's like Drew's second year in that statement you just made? Or, or when do the Dolphins, you know what I mean? Like the Dolphins have to see it, right? Or else making the trade was worthless to them. They need yeah, to see it this year before 2020 happens. Yeah, they're going to give him a chance. And if he fails spectacularly, okay, you get Justin Herbert. But um, <sighs> yeah, so, but at some point, uh, probably around week six, his value is going to be higher because he will have one successful week in there. And because he's a young quarterback, his value is going to be higher than it is now. That's where I am. Gotcha. So the reason I put this in here is that 502 votes, 88% on the Curtis Samuel side. And yeah, because really camp. <laughs> camp, you know? I guess, but it, like, it's a 14 team, too. Like, we just yeah. don't understand or we don't buy Rosen at all and believe Fitzpatrick plays the whole year. Because if you believe Rosen plays at all this year in a 14 team super flex, it, that's worth more than than, than yeah. that is there. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, 400 of y'all got this wrong. I, I'm math, but I don't know if that's works. But that's <laughs> yeah, geez. Anyways, and and you know what? I'm pissed off. I'm gonna end there. I don't even want to <laughs> do the last one. That's where we're gonna stop. Travis, I definitely appreciate you for coming on. It has been too long. Like I said, Swags is uh, me and him have been talking about this for a while. So please tell everybody where they can find all your stuff. Go follow yeah. you at and uh, thanks again. Yeah, so um, definitely check out uh, all the work that uh, the awesome Rotoviz team is doing. I, I've just been a, just humbled to be around so many good, smart people at the at Rotoviz. Uh, Rotoviz.com. The, all their tools are just next level. Uh, we've got the Rotoviz screener, the draft dashboard, where you can build your own projections with the projection machine. You got game splits app, team splits app. There's anything you want to do to to break down NFL stats. It's amazing. Uh, so. Definitely check out my, all my stuff at Rotoviz. But we're we're adding a bunch of new Debbie and college football content this year, even some college football DFS stuff. Uh, so it's going to be a blast to just kind of dig into that and really add some more college production tools in the, the near future. So Rotoviz is just where it's at right now. But Dynasty Command Center as well. It's just a great community. Uh, our premium Slack is just uh, full of 250 really smart Dynasty players and some staff that kind of just help you manage your team with the roster anal roster analytics and everything. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and then the dynasty command center podcast with, with Curtis Patrick, that's always a blast. And then if you actually like the Titans, the, the three and a half of you that do, uh, you can check my stuff out at Titans uh, it, on, on Twitter. It's Titans MCM, but it's uh, music city miracles SB nations affiliate there. Uh, but FF underscore Travis M is my Twitter. Always love to just talk some football. But thanks awesome. again for having yeah, me on, guys. I really appreciate you guys. Hell yeah. Awesome. Thank but you. For sure. Swags. He's at DFF underscore Swags. I'm at FR2 Drink Minimum. Just swag. Up at suit. Yeah, true. Not swag. I messed you uh, up last week, though. You always do. Uh, hit us up at Superflex Pod, at Superflex Trades. If those, we'll retweet that. Maybe even use that on the show. Uh, Co host. Or no post at Real Halepka should be back here next week. We'll have some fun. Changing, changing our intro music to Secret Agent, man. Nice. I like it. Only when he's not here, though. It's like the call to bring him like, back. Like I said, I'm changing our intro music to Secret Agent, man. Perfect. Travis, what do you think about you at that offense? I can't even hear you. <laughs> That sounds like it. Corum Bell.
Unless that's gonna put up crazy numbers. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all you got? <laughs> so who, who's your college team? Gators. Okay. Yeah, Felipe, okay, that makes sense. Felipe Franks, I mean, he, he turned into, he turned from a liability into a good quarterback. It'd be cool if he actually took the next step because they've got some fun weapons there. Stop, collaborate, and listen. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com is back with a brand new invention. Okay, it's not really a new invention, but they've got a cool twist on the dynasty leagues they're currently providing. One quarterback, three running back, four wide receivers, a tight end, two flex, no kickers and defenses, 24 rounds. They also have redraft leagues, best ball leagues, entry fees from $19.99 to $2,999. Go check them out, bestfantasyfootballleague.com.